welcome to the Wombs of Glory podcast. I am your host, Natalia, a fertility, birth, and postpartum doula. My passion is mixing healing with womanhood while grounding that out in faith. I am here to share my story and bring you the beautiful testimonies of women who have walked through seasons that God so beautifully designed for them. These Holy Spirit-led conversations are meant to inspire you to learn and to let Jesus assist you in writing your story. Through pain, heartbreak, healing, and flourishing, the journey is about aspiring to live a life passionate about God's master plan for your womanhood. Ready to be inspired to share your story? Then let's go. Okay, well, welcome to episode two of the Wombs of Glory podcast. I'm so excited to have a guest, and I decided to do a guest right away because I was way too excited, and I am happy to introduce my mom, Elaine. Um, Thank you for being here. And um, I'm so excited. Well, hey, I'm just honored to be a part of this. And it gets me a little emotional because I love to see the successes of my children and they all have them. And this is really exciting, the journey that you're going on. And so to be a first guest, I'm very honored. Yeah, I said in the first episode that I already had a good idea as to who my first guest was. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, definitely my mom. (laughs) So I'm so happy that we got to set it up. And um, yeah, well, how about you open in prayer? I know we just said that I was going to do that. Well, you know, seeing that it's your, this is your thing, I have to submit. (laughs) So Father Father God, we just thank you for this amazing opportunity to just share from our hearts. But as we share from our hearts, it is your heart. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. I thank you and I bless Natalia as this journey she's beginning that who she will touch and the lives that she will touch, the the, uh, people and the guests that she will have on, you have it all laid out. You You already are ahead of her because she is being obedient to this. And so we ask that our spirits just come forward and that we speak from the, from what you have, Holy Spirit, that there is nothing that can stop us from being just bold for the kingdom of God. And we just want to see the kingdom changed and we want to see the earth as it is in heaven. And so this is our desire. And I know father it's yours. So we commit this time to you and just have your way as we walk in obedience to what you have. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you introduce our family a little bit and introduce who you are And um, obviously they know you're my mom, but you can kind of introduce our family. And if you want to talk about our family for just a few minutes, you can start there. Sure. Well, um, so Natalia is uh, child number four. So we have five children. Paul and I got married. We're looking at, I think, 36 or 37 years. And one of the greatest desires that I had was probably one of um, my biggest desires of life is of my life, even as a young child, uh, is to have children and many of them. And so we were blessed with our first daughter and that is Elisa. And um, then Michaela came um, later. We did have a little, well, I would, I would say, well, let's me just go with the children and we can kind of talk about maybe there are some struggles with um, having children and everything because I have gone through a lot of emotions with um, having children and then Michaela was next and then um, child number three is Kendall and we were quite surprised that Kendall was a boy we were on this uh, line of having girls so then when he came along but it, it really balanced us out and then long well 
what my story is. Uh, then came a Natalia. I'll, I'll, I don't even know where we're going to go with this podcast, but I talking about family and children, I have so much to say, but, um, we weren't sure if we were going to have any more children. And, uh, Kendall was close to five, five and a half. And we had decided that it was always our desire to have a big family, but because the three came quite closely, it was just felt overwhelming. And so then we were like, okay, we're going to go for one more. And then Natalia. And uh, she came along and we just thought like that just she just completed our family and this would be great. We had three girls, one boy. And at her first birthday, I realized I was pregnant and along came Hayden. And uh, he was I think you guys are about 20 months apart. So it was really like perfect timing to have that other child. We were already into it and uh, into the baby stages. And of course, I had three amazing children to help me raise the last two <laughs> and uh, just to be there. And so then long came Hayden. And so he is um, working and not married. And Talisa and I run the gathered and Paul has just helps us do all the things that we do. We, we do. And for the very first part of our marriage, he was involved in having his own businesses. So I pretty much have been part of businesses my whole married life. Uh, he ran a couple of companies, trucking and janitorial. And then I, I helped him, you know, do all those things, books and all that and raise the kids and, and work when I could work. But I was always thankful that I could really focus on having my children and work in hours that didn't interfere with, um, raising children saying that there were very busy times and that's when you called your community which mainly was my mom and a mother-in-law and some good friends that rallied around us when we really needed them um, for periods of really busy seasons and then for a very um for a short season for about well i guess it was uh 15 years we went into ministry moved up to a small community in Beaver Lodge, Alberta, where Natalia would have been just two at that time. And so she doesn't really remember her Kamloops life. But um, and then um, about seven, eight years later, we moved down to Airdrie and continued to church plant, which was a whole other church plant run <laughs> business and a whole other story. Um, and I probably have lots of experiences in church planting and the struggles and the victories that you go through. And then in 2016, things sort of changed for us and needed to take another direction in our life. And um, that was really, really hard on me to close a door and but god was very faithful and 2017 he opened up another door and elisa's looking for something to change her life and what she was doing and that's when we began the gathered and so we are entering into our seventh season i think we are mm -hmm. um of events and mainly weddings but we have done lots of other things so that's us in a nutshell as a family that is like literally the craziest thing because you touched on I think every single one of my questions like no word of a lie 
I think our spirits are like connecting or something because you brought up pretty much everything that I had written down. And earlier I was outside in the last couple of days. I was just like, God, can you just kind of reveal to me like what I'm what we're supposed to talk about? Like these are supposed to be Holy Spirit led conversations and like we can go back and forth. I can ask you questions like doesn't matter. But you literally touched on everything. So that is crazy. Um, so we can get to the business part in a little bit yeah, and going sure. from business and ministry. But I want to just top. Um, I want to just hop back on to, um, why don't you just walk us through kind of your seasons as um, a mother and walk us through your motherhood journey. And then you're also a grandma now, so you can walk us through your grandmahood journey and, you know, kind of where God showed up for you the most in those specific journeys. Yeah, so um, I think the desire was so great to have children that I, you know, and sometimes that gets in the way of um, maybe God's planning versus your planning. And um, I think when the desire is so great, then, you know, even because you, you know, even as, as a doula, you will experience different people struggling to have children or whatever. And I think there is definitely a sense of, of um, coming to a place of rest even in your body to say, you know what, like I have to rest in this and I have to give this to God because the strivingness of, of trying to have children became, became a burden, you know, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so, um, there was no word, no doubt in my, like I, I tell the story a little bit as, as if I had my little dreamy moments as a child, you know, every child dreams about being a, you know, doctor or a nurse or, a whatever firefighter boys or girls you know it doesn't matter who dreams but i re i remember laying in nice sunny days laying on the grass as a child and thinking if only somebody i could find i know this sounds awful but i could find a baby on the side of the road and i could just take this baby and that would be my baby and i would plan i knew i had doll clothes and baby clothes that for my for my doll and i i'd even plan out how I would care for this child and I was young so um, it wasn't very long after Paul and I got married we made a change we moved from um, Vancouver area up to Kamloops and you know we had both decided like okay this was a good season to start he had a good job and um, having family and so we you know um, started the process and then uh, but it wasn't you know there was a lot of sadness and a lot of like disappointments and things like that and then uh, finally I remember um, going and like I, I think this is it but I had a little bit of, of bleeding and so then went to the doctor and they're like okay bed rest and all that and so I did take that time where we just weren't sure. So there was just a lot of emotions in that. And then, um, so of course, Elisa came along and, you know, she was, she was a cesarean baby, which again, I think is something that if I had a voice to tell my story, this would mm -hmm. be one of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being that now you can have home births and you can have all different things. You do write your plan. And that was no different in our day. We wrote our plan. And, but I remember going to, um, prenatal and the conversation came up. So you're doing all this stuff and the conversation came up is, um, cesarean section. And I remember so clearly, like it was yesterday that lady say to say to us all, 
okay, this is a possibility, but you know what? We're just not even going to talk about it because it probably won't happen to you. And so because I had older sisters, they all had, you know, babies naturally. I just thought there was no way I would, there wasn't even a, a, to think about it. And so, you know, going into labor, it was pretty short and everything ended up in the hospital pretty quickly. And within a very short time, they said, like, every time I contracted the heartbeat dropped, they brought in specialists and within like four minutes, our world changed. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't even time to talk about it. There wasn't time to ask any questions. It was just like this child needs, it needs to happen now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in those moments you, you have to trust, right. But there was no plan. There was no after mm-hmm. plan. There was no, like, who do we tell first? Who does Paul call? Not, my mom happened to be there. And, and so there's a lot of emotions that I went through after excited to have this baby but you know really um the even the feeling of failure you know that Mm -hmm. i couldn't bring this child naturally into this world and it was huge it was like Mm -hmm. probably one of the biggest battles and maybe one we'll have a time where we can really dive into that down the road and Mm -hmm. uh, and then um but you know we got we you know obviously got through it and had this beautiful baby and she was a great baby you know i spend every weekend minute you know, like I've loved my children. I love my children. I love my babies and, and I love the process of raising them all. A lot of people will talk about, um, not like teenage years. They'll be like, Oh, I never want to live a teenager. Oh, I never want to live. And, and if I look back, there is no season. Actually, I, I would say you guys all being adults is harder than you being children and babies and all that. And so, yeah, and then Michaela came along, but I actually had a tubal pregnancy in between Elisa and Michaela. And again, that was another morning, another like, oh my goodness, like, what is this? And also that's a whole nother medical condition that c- could potentially stop you from having children, not completely, but mm-hmm. struggle more because, you know, if there was damage to that tube and we never we never had to go through that direction of saying, um, like he, he, I remember the doctor saying like, unless there's difficulties, like we won't do the tests. And And so we didn't. And, uh, and then, yeah, like it just was bang, bang. And then Kendall came next and he was a little faster than we wanted. So Michaela and Kendall, uh, were, um, are only 15 months apart. So that is where, yes, you, you dive into your strength and you, where do you get your strength and how do you deal with all the, um, I think twins maybe even almost better than having children that are just so close in age. Cause you know, you're going through your own part of carrying this baby, but yet you still have a baby. You have to sometimes give up some, I know moms are able to nurse and, um, nurse and carry a baby. And that was really hard for me. I I know there was a time where I had to make that decision that I couldn't nurse Michaela. So, you know, there's all those, a little bit of, you know, those journeys, like you mourn those things that you have set up to, um, having your plan, you know, um, and your plan is not always what ends up happening. And so sometimes you have to let go of your plan and that's hard especially if you're one that have dreamt of these moments, you know, I remember many times I'd be like, 
but that wasn't in my plan. Like, why do I have to go through this? I wanted my plan. I wanted my choice. But, you know, so often God would be like, are you willing to let go? And Mm -hmm. are you willing to yield to these things? Right. And so those are difficult times in raising children is like you (laughs) have your plan. And yeah, so we were like done. We were like three is good. Like this is all, this is, you know, this is, it wasn't too hard, but it was a lot. Like when Mm -hmm. you have three young children so close and, you know, it's taxing on, on everybody financially, it can be taxing really, you know, you're like, there is no way I can add to this. And I remember financially, like, (laughs) it's kind of a joke, but I've probably done every, um, at home party that was out there because I was always be like, you know, that I can go out at night, Paul can look after the kids or whatever, and I can make some money. So I was really good at home parties and selling stuff. And I think that's what started sort of this entrepreneurship in me versus my motherhood because that's who I define myself as being mm-hmm. is a mother versus a business person. And so to well, a, a mother hoping to be into ministry, but ended up becoming a business entrepreneur, you know, so everything we put our hands to, it was always like, you know, building, 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 building. So while we built our family, we also built, you know, um, we had, we built our family. Well, building our family, we also built businesses along and that's, you know, again, another section that we can sort of talk talk dive into at some point and if I talk too much then um I can say move along (laughs) but you know I think too just like family planning you know sometimes you can plan your family and then the next time God says no I'm gonna plan your family so it's huge like these are huge things in your life that you are like but I want that control Mm-hmm. I want to tell you when I want to have the next baby. I want to choose. I want to choose the, the, the sex of that baby. I want, I want, I want. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so sometimes just being like, well, what is my plan? Like, what does God have intended for me? And do I yield to that plan in, in having children? And so I just remember the longing, um, probably it would be year four. So Kendall, he would be about four-ish. And just thinking, no, I just don't think we're done. But the energy, you know, putting back that energy of, well, I don't even think I ever slept through the night for 20 years. I always say that. (laughs) Honestly, like, there were times we had three children in our bed. There were times that you know, I remember having you and Hayden and going into the spare bedroom because it was just easier to have him and pet you in the crib and bottles here and nursing. And, you know, so um, I just remember being like, no, I think I want to go back to my original plan. Like our, I say my, but, you know, Paul always wanted to have, your dad always wanted to have lots of kids and And so, yeah, so then we just took this next season. So I always say I have two families with the same husband. You know, a lot of people (laughs) will be like, is that, you know, are they all? And I'm like, yeah, like same man, same father. Um, But we just took that little bit of break. And and I always think about 
would have we had another one if it was my plan? See, that's, I think, what we always have to remember, even with having children. Um, would we have had another children if it was my plan? Probably not. Right. But God was like, you need it to have another sibling in your life. And we needed to complete that family unit. And I always say to Hayden, like every time I write him a little, you completed the Hauser. <laughs> kind of gets you a little emotional, right? Mm-hmm. So if it was my plan, we wouldn't have been completed. But because God had a plan, we are completed. And was it always easy? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, was it, you know, I say, like, I always say to moms, like, when your babies are young, that's a physical taxation on you. Mm -hmm. But then you moving into that, like, toddler to, um, like, kid age, you know, Mm -hmm. school age that I said, that is more like, um, it's emotional, it's emotional time. It's like energy, it's your energy. That's what that one is. Mm-hmm. So your energy is always giving out. It's teaching. It's disciplining. It's feeding endlessly. You know, it's it's energy. You know, mm-hmm. you do get to rest more at night. And then you have teenagers. And then it's a whole different, you know, it's emotional. You've got these. You just want to protect them and you just want to make sure that they have the right friends and that they're not doing something so stupid. You know, you just, <laughs> so it's, it's, and then your belief system, just like, whew, that's where you're, you know, that's where you take your, um, energy, your, your body, your work, all that. And that's where you take your faith, your step of faith. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you got to rest in that because, you don't have control Mm -hmm. over that part of it. So, yeah. So those are, you know, do I say good times? Oh my goodness. Like I would never trade any of them for the world. Like just so happy to raise my children and raise them and teach them of the things of God. And I remember that, um, I remember a season that God was speaking to me about having a word for each one of my children or a scripture that I would believe for them. And I, it was so clear. It was so clear, these words. And I just held them in my heart. I prayed them over you guys. I prophesied them over. I declared them over your life. And if I think back and I look today of how those words were so important for your development, spiritually, mentally, um, that um it's just amazing so if i could encourage women and moms or dads to get a word for your child child Mm -hmm. and it may be something that that maybe they're lacking like i don't want to say oh i got a word because oh my child couldn't do this it was just an area that you knew that when their scroll would be laid out before them that that would be the key to help them accomplish God wanted them to do. Do you remember my word? Well, I remember that you were to bring like this joy 
it came from somebody else because I remember taking you, you were very young. I took you to a ladies conference and this lady prophesied over you and she said, and, and it came a couple of times and I'm like, okay, because you were very young. So I didn't know sort of your personality or whatever. Whereas the other kids, I had learned this, they were a little bit older and I knew their personality. And this one was that wherever you would go, you would bring a joy into a room and you would be almost like this, um, calming person to people around you. And, you know, we saw that with you, you know, even, even in the siblings, like you were, you, well, none of you guys ever really fought, like not really, you know, <laughs> but, um, you were very much like I told you, you know, loved and, um, they were so excited always about you and caring for you and you become their little sister, but you were never like, the nagging little sister. They, I never remember once them saying, mom, can you get Natalia out of here ever once? Um, so that was one of the words. And then I think even through your volleyball career, how, um, you know, you were just never the drama queen. You were the constant in people's lives. Even if you didn't know it, you were the solid one. And that was sort of what I always held that word that you would bring joy wherever you are and here, look at you. You're on a podcast bringing joy to people. It's yeah. amazing. Hopefully. I think I actually knew that maybe. Yeah, I, I wrote it down. I think I, I wrote it down for you and you um, you read it. I read it to you not long ago, a couple of years ago. Right, yeah. Very cool. I don't know if I've ever heard more like the beginning. I don't know if I've ever really heard the beginning parts of your motherhood journey I know Elisa was a cesarean baby I know that but kind of all the other stuff I didn't know but I just love listening to you know what what's my plan versus God's plan and I think that's huge when it comes to children because it's like a defining factor right now for even like me and Sean is like financial and it's like well do you really you know like I would never trade what you and dad gave us in terms of faith and you know, putting Jesus first. Like I would never trade that over like, you know, we didn't go on like a ton of trips as kids or like, you know, like we didn't, you know, we didn't spend money in that way, but like I would never trade that for what, you know, we got in terms of faith. So it's just like, you know, well, does God, is God requiring me to be rich before we have a baby? Like, no, not necessarily. Cause I think the same as you and your motherhood journey, I think rubbed off on us, even, you know, mostly the girls, because there's three of us, but I think that we all just really grew up desiring to be mothers and not, I don't know if any of us, I don't know if the older siblings really ever really wanted, like, that career, and we wanted to be career people, like, that's not really us even now, I don't think, like, I never, I mean, like, you want to be something, because everyone's like, what do you want to be when you grow up, and you don't think to say mother, but, like, truly, that's what, that's how we were designed. Like motherhood is, yeah. and you know, what we go through as women is how we were created. So that's really cool. Well, we can jump into, uh, you touched on that you went into ministry with dad yeah. and I yeah. grew up as a pastor's kid and yeah. your ministry looks a lot different now than it did years ago. So you can kind of walk us through maybe you going into, um, you and dad were both pastors, but now obviously your ministry looks a lot different. So you can kind of walk us through your ministry journey, church planting, but then also how that kind of, you know, 
that journey ended and you're in a completely different one now. Yeah. Well, I also grew up as Baster's kid. So we have, you know, that, you know, sort of passed on. But I remember a couple of things. So my mom also was, even though like my dad was in full-time ministry and back then she would have been considered the pastor's wife, but her role was also pastor, but it wasn't in the era that she would be. But anyways, um, and she had six kids and, you know, she did all the things that I love to do, but I would say, well, I do not going to be like my mom. I am not going to ministry. I remember that at a very young age. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like my mom. And they had back then, there was this district, they had these conferences and um, all the pastors were coming to our church. And I would, I came after, after school and I stood at the back of this church and I don't, well, I'll say I didn't hear audibly the voice of God, but I heard the spirit within me and the spirit of God speaking to my spirit saying, you will, I have called you to go into ministry and be in ministry. But I was a little stubborn. Um, I'm actually, you know, I think I've realized, I've realized a lot about myself, but one is that I, again, back in, I want my way, not God's way all the time. I want my plan. And back then you, in order to go into ministry, you had to go to Bible college. Well, I was so done school. Like I was just not good in school. And I'm like, I could not see myself going to three years of Bible college. And so I was like, well, God, if, if I'm really called um, to ministry, then it has to be work. It has, I have to work it out in a different way than going to school. <laughs> Anyways, fast forward, married your dad, and he also felt the call of God in his life. And then we went through this whole time, 15 years actually, of being very involved in churches, taking roles on that, you know, we felt like we could do as a couple or individual, like anything, you know, I've led youth groups and ladies Bible studies and prayer and, you know, all that. And then um, there, but we thought we were going to be the people that would be like, um, like the tent makers or the ones that we would support the pastors and make lots of money and give and support ministries and whatever. And, you know, there were seasons in our life that yes, we were making money, but there were a lot of seasons that we just, you know, we were wondering when the next, you know, where the next dollar was or how to make all ends meet. And I always knew in the back of my mind that we, again, were sort of running from the call of God in our heart. And so um, around 2000, I guess it would be just before, yeah, probably around when you were born, uh, we just really felt this great sense of, like, this has to change, like what we're presently doing. We had a lot of prophetic words over our life, knowing that this was so... Um, we got a call to go up to a church in Beaver Lodge, Alberta, which would have been our first church. And, um, and first of all, Beaver Lodge, Alberta, like never heard about it ever. And the thoughts to move to Alberta was again, something I never thought we would do. So we uh, went and tried it out. And I remember it was a very cold minus 35, beautiful sunny day, but it was cold up there. And, um, I will tell this one story and I, you know the story, but you were two and we were waiting to go for lunch. 
with some people from the church that were meeting us, but they wanted to take us to the church first. And so we walked over in the church. It's the cutest little new church just built. And we walked up these stairs and you turned around and looked at, and you said to me these words, my church. And you were just two. And Elisa, so she was the oldest. She would have been about 12. She had this little excitement, like this little, like, we're going to move here, aren't we? You know, we hadn't even met the people. We had nothing. But the spirit that you guys carried, the knowing that you guys carried was in you very young. And so we have always been thankful. I have always been thankful for sure. And I know Paul has to did that. What you guys carried, you taught us as well as we could teach you but you guys taught us and i've always been open as a mom to i mean i just i'm gonna just get back into that mom thing quick one of the per important things of being a parent is one to listen to your children two ask for forgiveness to your children acknowledge your wrongdoings and your faults and say i am sorry and i always made you guys say I am sorry to each other and to anybody you did wrong to. And you guys always had to say, you're forgiven. <laughs> I remember oh that God. the sorry was one thing, but man, you guys fought the <laughs> thing to say you're forgiven. <laughs> oh, and you were bad for that one. I remember you would not say that, especially to Hayden. He would not say he was forgiven at all. But I, but I think that that, opens up that spiritual connection with your children that if you can be vulnerable to them they will teach you because that is just what it is mm -hmm. you're you know a child's spirit is way more connected to heaven than yours that as a mom or a dad that has been you know slowly removed from things through religion or through you know your emotions and all the things that happen in your soul you start shutting down that spirit and so to have children that actually speak to you so it is we moved to Beaver Lodge. One of our best moves, you know, that we ever did. Uh, made some lifetime friends, had a beautiful home up there. God blessed us with, you know, we did a lot of quieting and all that. So it was just a really good spiritual time. You guys grew, you know, all the kids learned to play instruments there. Natalia was a great uh, drummer at two and three years old. She could keep the best beat and Later on, down in Beaver or down here in Airdrie, was able to help with worship. But, you know, just a really growing, like it was, you know, when you say that God directed your steps, I know that I know that was where we were meant to be as a family, as parents to you five children, and for your, for your growth, spiritually, mentally, physically, school-wise was good, all that. And then, but there was a restlessness after about seven, eight years, we were really disconnected from our, our families and really far away. And Elisa was going to graduate and we are just like, you know, if something's got to shift. So if we want to be sort of a family unit, then we knew that you guys wouldn't stay up in Beaver Lodge, that we had to shift. And we really were feeling God was saying, it's time to move on. And we came down to Airdrie and Church Planted. Mm -hmm. And whole different ball game than having something already established um lots of faith lots of disappointment lots of frustration but lots of exciting things and you know it developed you guys all i think that's where you all you 
kids, I would say, developed your spiritual walk with God that was so solid um, and the opportunities that God moved and the Holy Spirit moved in our church services that brought you guys to where you are. Um, but there was also some very difficult times and struggles between um, you, your dad and I and some health issues that he went through that just didn't have him. So we were building a business but and also building a church. So we were torn between two things that um, I really did not like this business. I was really resentful for it, but that's the one that paid the bills. And I knew we had to do it. And he was more happier in that because it was easy for him. Whereas it was easy for me to be in ministry and do that. But it was harder to like plow through the disappointment of church growth. So we made a, a decision in 2016 that, you know what, like if we can't come together and be one in as a couple and going for the same goal, then we needed to make some choices. And, and some of the choices may have been made for, for us and some of them we made ourselves and painful mourning, you know, just a real painful season of my life that if you ever have me back, we can dive into some of that stuff, but too much to go through yeah. today. So then, yeah. So great, exciting times, but hard work too. Yeah. The closing of the church, I was still pretty young. Like I was trying to calculate today. Like I don't even remember how old I was. So that's a season that I don't particularly remember, but yet I remember the season so clearly of us being in church and being here. And it was like, I, you know, it was like every time someone came in and they had a kid, it was like that kid could have been way older than me, but it was like, Natalia, you have to go say hi. And like, <laughs> you know, like I, it's like you guys stretched me in a way that God is stretching me now by interviewing people and like having, you know, people are listening to just us talk and me talk. And so it's funny how like a lot of things are lining up, but for sure that season was like Hayden and I would have been, oh man like not even teenagers well, yet and we're stepping into heaven for the first time and it's like we're having experiences that you guys haven't even had but yet there was oh never like goodness. you guys are so you know you guys are crazy like what are you talking about like that's just your imagination and now we have such a better understanding of like our spirit and all that kind of stuff so yeah that was like a huge season for all of us for sure it really was it was really an intimate season um, where we really got to know um, God the Father, mm -hmm. Jesus, and Holy Spirit, but just in a real intimate way. And you guys also had experiences that I was actually desiring to have, but I think I had so much soul, which part was religion, that I could not engage in it. And you guys were just like... Like it was just like flowing out of you. Um, all your spiritual senses were in high, high gear. And I was, I remember just like trying to keep up and try and be like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be the mature one. I'm supposed to be the teacher, but you guys were teaching me. And so for that season, the Airdrie church plant season, I feel like you guys taught me it shifted roles and as young as you were and Hayden and um, Elisa, Michaela and Kendall, I mean, just such passion flowed out of you. 
And that stirred something in me that I was like, I am not content. I'm not content. The glory of leading a church was one thing, but not having all five spiritual senses on high alert um, and, and experiencing things uh, does not compare to being in a leadership role, which I thought was right. the ultimate. I feel like we also like, I don't know, I, maybe you don't feel this way, but I feel this way. It's like, even though we stepped away from, you know, like I never thought I'd be like, yeah, like I don't really go to church on Sundays. Like, you know, that'd be like, don't say that. <laughs> like, I never thought I would be, you know, I thought I would never say like, yeah, I don't really go to church on Sundays, but yet I feel like I've grown so much more without being in that space, which is kind of crazy to think about that. Like we were at such a spiritual, you know, like, growth and awakening being so young and then we closed that chapter but then we like all continued to grow in a completely new way and so it's just funny how our seasons have worked and yet we've continued to grow and to learn and you know well and I think if again it goes back to if I would have written my scroll or my destiny I it would have been like church I would have been Mm -hmm. probably it would have said church god (laughs) family (laughs) you know because it was so ingrained in me that we had you know the more we did in a church building then the more spiritual we were and and that was a real challenge for me to walk out of that that whole mindset right but i agree 100 percent doesn't happen for a lot of people a lot of people will walk away when they don't have that constant in their life but i think it propelled us into something um because we were at the end of our i say ropes that's not quite that's not quite right we were just at the end of something that god was trying to do and if we would have stayed we would have been fighting we would have been doing it on our own strength yeah yeah i feel like we've definitely learned that even just through 2023 going through we've been doing thin within with um my sisters a family friends and our cousin just people really close to us and we just like really dove deep into like our relationship and how he sees us and how we were designed and how we were physically created and yeah we've really got to dive deep into what just that relationship looks like even though none of us well some of us most of us are not really you know stepping into that physical space of church but it's like we close such a huge door but we continue to you know work on our relationship and yeah some people don't do that and I feel like my volleyball journey will definitely come up in different episodes about playing post-secondary volleyball and trying to get to higher level volleyball like I feel like I completely stepped away from that relationship and so but yet you know I closed that door which was a huge door to close because that was my entire life And then I stepped into and began to kind of, you know, regain that relationship. And it's like you close like this huge door and it feels heartbreaking. But it's like I would never go back to that season because I've walked into something way, way better. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know, 
that saying, I, mean, I don't think it's a scripture, scripture, but it is a saying that could be a scripture that God closes one door and he opens another one. And, mm-hmm. you know, even as your dad and I always believe like, okay, this door got closed. Then what is the next door that God's going to open? Now, if you keep that door open, if you keep your foot in that door and you can easily do it and you know what, God will let you. He will, because mm-hmm. it's not about, it's not all about his will. It's about our will. And he'll let you keep your foot, but, and you may, you may be, be happy at it, or you may even be successful in it, but it's when you let your foot out of that door. Wow. Then that's Mm -hmm. when God will be like, now (laughs) here's the beauty that's coming. And it will be a completely beautiful picture that you couldn't have written for yourself. Yeah. Like the harder the slam of the door, the better the other open door is like, yeah. yeah. Well, and I wish, I wish just, I'll say one thing. I wish I'm like 58 years old. I think I'll be 59 in in a a couple weeks or months. And I wish I could have grabbed that younger, like really grabbed it, really knowing that at the most difficult times, if I would have just taken my foot out of that door, there would have been something better on the other side but it, it for me and i and i never wanted you guys to live that journey and i fought very hard to make sure that i taught you things that you didn't have to live the journey and and not that my journey is so bad like but i didn't want you guys to live those kind of consequences and so yeah yeah this well why don't yeah well why don't you tell us where your ministry is now because it's pretty cool you feed people's bellies as your ministry and it's pretty cool um so why don't you take us into kind of what that ministry looks like now because i think we would all kind of consider it you know a ministry i think you've called it that a few times so you closed the door on the church and that was obviously the most um obvious form of ministry but then you stepped into kind of something cool so take us from the opening of the business to kind of where you guys are now and what that ministry kind of looks like to you right now yeah so i in 2013 december 2013 we moved out to property that again (laughs) my plan was that this property would have a church building on it Mm -hmm. and and when I got, I remember, first of all, I never wanted to move to property. I, I love people. I love neighbors. I love lights. I love stores close by. I love all that. I love neighbors that you can ride your bike or go for walks on coffee. And then, um, but there was something, well, and then you guys and your dad wanted property. And I was like, I don't want property. And But there was, I remember this one time where I was like, okay, well, if we had property and we had a building on the property, I could pay, we could pay for the mortgage of this place and then have a church. And I just, it just was like, that's, that's my answer. And so we started off on this process and the journey took a little while, but anyways, we ended up here and, um, and then the resistance to even think of putting, there was no building here which was interesting that we got this place with no building because I was looking for outbuildings and we got this place. um, And the resistance was great. Well, first of all, it was great to get it. And then once we got it just to give up the privacy 
of it as a family to open it up to a church. And, and there, there was lots that, that not even need to talk about that at all. But, um, so in 2016, so we were here for a few years doing the church, doing the business, the uh, snow removal, janitorial and, um, landscaping. So we're doing both and, you know, living, living this farm life. And then we started gardening and, you know, then we want chickens, got a few chickens. And, and then in 2016, um, definitely something shifted and Elisa and I started deciding we're going to do market gardening. So we put in another garden and we're doing, we're going to sell baskets and all that. And, um, I remember getting a few of our baskets ready. It was August and all of a sudden we got hailed out and devastating because that was going to be our source of income, you know, besides this other stuff. And so then in, um, and at that point, 2016, we didn't reopen the church yet. It was still sitting there. Not sure if we were going to open in the fall comes the fall. And we just got, people were just like, I, I, we just can't. Anyways, so 2016, the winter 2017, Elisa and I started like planning, what if we have weddings out here? You know, we could open up our property. We'd have the gardens and people could just come and do that. Big, big, long story um, of how it all happened. In, in February 2017, Elisa built this beautiful website. We had a plan and in between saying you could come and set your tent up here and have it, we were like, oh, here's the, this tent, these clear tents that we started seeing. Um, why don't we just buy one? And then people could still come and do their thing out here and they could still um, bring in a caterer and all that. And and then I got thinking, well, I, I love cooking and I, it was, I've done lots of catering and, and let's just you know, do that. We'll put a barbecue out and have like, you know, backyard things. And, you know, after we booked seven weddings, we were like, we better build a little kitchen. And so we built our little first little kitchen and did our first season. And in the meantime, for 2018, I think we booked 37 weddings and said, oh, we got to do something different. But, you know, the story behind that, and there's so many good things moving forward, but in the midst of your, um, in the midst of your mourning over that closed door, then God looks inside of you and he picks those desires that you thought were just your own desires. And he picks them out and says, you know, do you really want the desire of your heart? Or do you want what is behind that door that you want to keep open? And how, out of desperation, some of it, and out of necessity, financially, we were, we were like, you know, um, I wanted, I want to move forward with this. And so many things I tell my story and, and maybe one day, like, as we, you know, cause we're getting long here, I don't want to bore everybody, but, um, you know, like when, when there's places in the property, some of my favorite place, like my favorite place on the property is where the tent sits. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's funny, Natalia, mm -hmm. I always pictured a volleyball pit down there for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know yeah, that was, it was, that was such like a the original plan when we we tried so when we lived in beaver lodge we had this sand we had a beach court and it's funny because yeah. all of my older siblings claim that you know they were the reason <laughs> that i was so successful in volleyball which was probably true if they're listening to this <laughs> it's yeah. true um but um yeah, it was like we tried to recreate what we had in Beaver Lodge on that property because we all wanted to quad all the time and we wanted the beach volleyball court. <laughs> so that's not at all what it looks like right now. It is a huge, beautiful business. But yeah, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of funny. And and it, it's weird how, you know, the, the places where you just say, oh, there's something about this place, even on property, there's something about this place then it becomes something, you know, and mm -hmm. there was uh, in the field, which was just a field. Now it's like garden and everything, but the cows had walked and made this pathway. And I always saw it as like this prayer pathway. I was like, oh, people could come out and walk and pray and stop. Well, that ends up just around that area ends up being our pathway down to the ceremony site. So it's just like yeah. little things like that. Um, I have so many different stories and, um, just how we built our kitchen in 2018 and in less than a month. And I have an 850 square foot up and down bath, um, kitchen with, you know, double door convention gas um, ovens, which I always thought was so cool. When I'd go into commercial kitchens and we used to clean a lot of commercial kitchens and I would dream about cooking in a space like that. Mm -hmm. And so all these little dreams of, um, I always loved weddings, actually, when dad and I just got married, I, um, I wanted to become before wedding planners, wedding or um, before they were even big, I wanted to be that they were just starting, you know, the rich would get them, but they were just, and I wanted to open up a little business. And then, um, and I was on that path, I was starting to create my files and all that. And, um, and then I started having children. So I was just like, well, that's just too much to build that business. So I always knew weddings were in my somewhere in this line. I've been involved mm -hmm. in so many. I took over so many weddings because people just didn't know what to do, how to put those extra um, touches on them. And, and mm -hmm. so here we are. We've created this event center of, I would say, of all my little desires from gardening, even as a young child. I think I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes my parents were, they just did things and I was crazy. Like I like, I want a greenhouse. And I was like nine or 10 and, <laughs> um, no, wait a minute. No, 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 no. That was Summerland. I was older. So I had been like 13, 14, probably before, you know, cars, boys and all that. I want, I want a greenhouse. My dad built me this cutest little greenhouse. And you know, it's like, why do I, why would I even do, I was, I wanted to be a florist at one point. I love gardening. I love mm -hmm. cooking. I love food. And, you know, and so here, here we are. And I'm so thankful for Elisa who said, you know, she's going to walk with me through this. And she just takes on so much of stuff that I don't have the gifting to do. And then, you know, I'm so thankful for for you at a young age and for Michaela and well, Kendall didn't do a lot, but, and Hayden, you know, you guys, <laughs> poor Kendall, um, you, you know, you all work towards it. Mm -hmm. You know, you would have been in grade eight ish, yep. right? Nine, grade eight or grade nine. 
Uh, when we moved out there, yep. Oh, okay. When did we start? What grade were you when we started the wedding? Uh, grade 11. So I, I was 16. Okay. Right, 16, sorry. So Hayden would have been like 14, and you guys have all, you know, dad worked hard. Like, we've all worked hard to create what we've created here, but it's been... Mm -hmm. It's been one of, um, I think the question in our devotions, one of the, the questions was something about, um, uh, I can't remember, but I remember writing the response and the response was sort of like, I am probably at the best part of my life. Raising kids was the dream, but it's everything put together and it's just so fulfilling. And so I do consider it a ministry because God, you know, it looks different than the church. But like you said, I'm, I somehow God has given me the gift to create food that makes people happy. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, you know, the scripture says that when the church grew, they grew and they went door to door and they broke that bread. And I feel like breaking bread and uh, feeding people are one of the um, greatest gifts that God gave me to be able to do. And, and it opens up so many doors. Do I sit there and, you know, like preach at everybody? No, but I'm able to love them. I'm able to give them love. And I think they always leave either, either whether they're a wedding guest or somebody in one of our small events or the couple, the wedding couple, I think they always leave with a sense of, I think I'm loved there. And I hope mm -hmm. that that is, that is the case. Yeah. And so I feel and, very blessed. Yeah. And your guys's um, little motto or whatever you want to call it is a gathering place for hope. And so that is just like, you're not just giving love, but you're giving like hope and you've just created such yeah. a cool environment and it's been cool to be a part of. And I've had my, you know, I still continually work for you guys. And, you know, as I start my own thing, um, but it's cool to watch something grow from literally grass and dirt <laughs> to like this huge business. Totally. And uh, so it's been really cool to like watch. But um, one of my questions was, you know, what is it about feeding people that you love so much? Um, and what's the most joyous part? But you kind of answered that. But if you have anything else to add to that, yeah, I think, I mean, I have had some crazy remarks. I call them crazy because I'm like, I just look at people. I'm like, mm, did you have too much to drink to say that, you know, kind of thing. But <laughs> yeah. um, like some of the remarks is I, I still, you know, after doing this for such a long time, or well, it's not that long, but after doing it and feeding so many people, because I think we're at maybe seven, 8,000 people that have gone through our weddings alone and I just like like you know people will talk about this love that comes from the food and they don't know me at all mm -hmm. and so I think that as they describe the food to me it it brings like there's a connection there I think it's probably spirit more than anything but we're feeding mm -hmm. their we're feeding their, their bodies and their soul is feeling something off of what we're being able to create here. And so for me, that's probably the biggest joy is to, to get the expressions of what um, the food has meant to people. Or even like if you read some of our reviews, sometimes if I feel a little discouraged or whatever, I will read some reviews just to say, okay, yeah, keep moving, you know, 
keep moving. And um, yeah, so I think that's probably the greatest thing. Like I always enjoyed feeding my children and I enjoyed feeding company and family and getting their responses. And so to be able to do it on the mass level that we do it and have such success in that it, it is definitely, um, well, it, it's honorable really. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I feel honored in some way, um, that I get to do this. It's not even that I have to, but that I get to, and the responses again are, um, you know, they're still, they still take me back. They still take me back. Like Mm -hmm. I'm still in awe that people respond that way. Yeah. People, you've also given the opportunity. You have these small brunches called brunch by Elaine, which were supposed to be just you, (laughs) but we quickly realized (laughs) that you can't do it just on your own. But, um, you know, you've given couples the opportunity to come back and it's pretty cool. It's like, you know, every time we have someone new, it's like amazing. You get, you know, we love when new people get to experience the food and the atmosphere and, you know, what we have or what you guys have going on there. But then it's like, it's almost a shock when a couple of yours that has already gotten married, like a past couple doesn't come back. Cause we're like, well, what the heck, where are they? Like every event you do, you have someone who has basically been there before, usually couples or, you know, people, people's bridal parties and all that kind of stuff. So you get to create, you know, a place where they get to come back and experience, you know, a lot of people will come, you know, they've come for birthdays and you're like, Oh, you know, you want to do like a fun meal. Like, let me create something. And they're like, no, we want our wedding food. And you're like, but come on, like, let me create something for (laughs) you. And they're like, no, because it just, it it meant so much to them and they don't get the opportunity to kind of recreate that, but yet you get to recreate it for them with food. So it's cool to watch people come back. That's super fun. I think I remember, well, that must've been 2019 where we had two couples come and even the one couple that had burgers and they wanted Mm -hmm. their burgers. And I'm like, (laughs) seriously, you just want to come back for burgers. And, and they were going to do it two years in a row and then um, COVID hit. And then the other couple, I remember when we did theirs, it was must've been the Southwest and we set up their time in the tent and it was just right. two of them down there and they had their they had a dance together and I'm just like I mean yeah impactful for us mm-hmm. it for sure because it it meant that's like that they would want to share their anniversary back at the place that started it all for them it's mm-hmm. huge. yeah it's a fun business to be in it's a lot of work it's, and it's you know but you get to be a part of these people's lives and it is such a cool ministry not even just feeding people but you know sometimes when we have that guest that gives us a little trouble or we're just you know we've worked a three wedding weekend and we're all on you know you're probably on hour 58 but you know for the rest (laughs) of us we're on hour 12 and we just can't power through but it's like they never get this day again like well you know unless they get married again but like this is the most special day of their life so it kind of just gives you that boost of like and and now like at my wedding it's like now I know what that feels like and for someone to go out of their way to make it more special and that's just like everyone who works for us you know has that heart behind well works for you guys not us I say us because I consider myself uh, um, a third owner (laughs) yeah yeah no it's really cool 
it's a cool business, but the food definitely is where your guys's heart lies and it's so fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that we're able to grow, you know, grow some and then, uh, you know, I think, I think the funnest part is like, Oh no, we're out of, we're out of a herb quick run to, you know, the garden, the first garden, the little garden, the big garden, and you know, halfway down there's some, you know, basil growing or whatever, or you just like, I think that's really, really fun that we are mm-hmm. able to pull things from our garden. And I, I remember this one person and this really meant a lot to me. It was a dad of one of the um, couples and he came up and he said, I just want to thank you for opening up our eyes to what it is mm-hmm. to actually eat fresh food. And you brought an awareness to us that we were missing and we're going to try and support the local farmers and farmer mm-hmm. farmer markets and things like that. And, you know, like uh, some people are like, what is this vegetable? And we're like, it's yeah. a carrot, you know, kind of thing. Right. Like that's how it is. And so I, and I really think that's so huge because, you know, in Alberta, we are a farming community and to actually lose sight of some of the freshness that we are able to produce. And that's one of my heart is to make an awareness of the local farmers that are out there, whether they're meat farmers or, or dairy farmers, or, you know, they're creating cheese now and honey. And um, I love the fact that we can get local produce from Alberta here, whether it's grown in a greenhouse or not, it's still local and it's growing here and it's delivered here, you know? And so I love that. And I love to share that part uh, Mm -hmm. with our guests to that. They then can go and do some of their own research. So, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And everything that you make is you are seeding now. So you start in, you know, March, April, and then it goes on to the end of September when you kind of do your harvest, but you have literally touched and researched and handmade everything pretty much that they're eating from softed salad dressings. You grew the lettuce, everything. And so people think that's really cool. And it is, it is really cool when you think about it, like the food that they're eating, like no wonder they feel like this is just my opinion, but like no wonder they feel so like wow, that was just so good. I feel so happy because that food has been blessed for months and months. Like you speak so highly of the food that then when they eat it, they're like resonating with that. Like why, you know, like why is it so good? Even though it's just a carrot, like, you know, but it's like, why is it so good? And it's like, well, of course you cook well. Like no one would say that you don't, but like the way that you even talk about your food and treat it and speak life into it like they're eating it and it's doing something greater that I don't think they kind of know but now you know I think with our understanding of being able to bless our food and that kind of stuff I think they definitely resonate with that and then they continue to come back that's really good insight I I don't even know if I would have put that all together like I remember being young, like my mom would pray in the garden and I'd help her because I always liked helping in the garden. And, and she's, I said, what are you doing? I said, what she said, I said, what are you doing? She said, well, I'm praying for my, my, that this stuff would grow and that the weeds wouldn't grow. And, and so I have always done that in the, in the garden. Sometimes my best prayer time has been the garden, but Mm -hmm. I actually never even thought of like planting those little seeds in the house and what they hear in the house. And we try, we try to play even music in our yard because we do 
play, you know, obviously there's lots of bands in non-Christian music, but I like to sometimes like put some worship music on to like, just let our, our flowers and our vegetation hear the um, frequencies of heaven and music. So um, yeah, that's really good insight. I love that, Natalia. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Yeah. that just came to me. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's cool. It's cool watching, like, it's cool watching your ministry be something else than what you would consider traditional ministry because it's like none of us are walking in. Like, I definitely 100% thought that I would continue to be on a worship team to this day. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not really involved in like a church in the same way that I was when I'm younger but yet we've all moved on to something you know some of us are you know we all love and consider doing something small business related and we all want to be parents and like it just continues to inspire me to keep going with you know my doula business because it's like that's a ministry in itself and God continues to kind of unpack what that looks like and how I'm supposed to be different as a doula than kind of everyone else and how I'm supposed to make my business different. But, you know, I've watched you guys walk from something that you thought would be your entire life to a completely new, different ministry. So it's just like really inspiring to just watch you guys continue to, you know, lean into what God has for you. And I'll finish off with this question because I think it kind of goes along with what we've been talking about. But what has kind of changed, you can even go back to motherhood or whatever, but what has specifically changed for your business or yourself, your personal life, whatever, by including heaven in the decisions that you're making kind of on a day-to-day basis? Um, Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, You know, I always felt even, you know, really young, you always feel as a Christian that, you know, you pray for everything and you pray that thy will be done and you think that there's sometimes a roll of a dice and if it rolls in your favor or if it rolls in what you want then you know it's it's sort of how we walked through whether this was god's will or not it Mm -hmm. it was those doors actually like we always you know your dad had a really um like very young he could sense the holy spirit and hear the voice of god where i would be like you know, sort of struggling to hear that. And then that grew as I um, was in, you know, as, as he was so um, learned in that area, you know, and I desired that. So I always looked, I always desired spiritual people in my life that were (laughs) so to speak more spiritual than me or more gifted. I say they use Mm -hmm. their gifts and, and I would be like, okay, that is where I want my gift to be. And then Mm -hmm. as, as, I've learned that actually God wants to be not just the open and the closed doors. He wanted actually to be daily um, Mm -hmm. the advisor of your business. And so I've really tried, Elise and I have really tried to create this business from the perspective of what heaven was saying to us and, and daily. So whether it was a financial decision, whether it was a planning of a, brunch and the timing of the brunch we just wanted heaven's favor on it we wanted holy Mm -hmm. spirit to say yes this is like yes not 
well, if this is good for us. So sometimes mm-hmm. things aren't always good for us, but they're good for is what God wants. Because we don't, we don't see the big picture. None of us can, but only God. Mm-hmm. And so as we direct it and start directing those things from a from an intimate place where we spend time, you know, we we meet on t- on Tuesdays and we just like say, okay, you know, God, what do you have for us, Evan? What are you saying? What needs to be done? And then and then there's like this sense of peace and you're, there's no turmoil into doing mm-hmm. what you're doing when you know you're obedient to do it. What turmoil does is when you're waiting to figure that out, but you're, you're, you're like almost a step ahead of, of God all the time. So it's, it's you, you and then God's here. And then if God decides to catch up, then we're, then that's good. Like when that collides, then, you know, you're, you know, things are successful or whatever, but we want to be able to walk like this, you know, you know, Jesus said, I only do what my father tells me, shows me, sees me to do. We don't understand that scripture and how powerful that scripture is. It's not just about healing. It's just not about laying hand on hands, you know, raising the sick, all that. Yes, that is, you know, that's where I learned. I learned that I want it to be like Jesus. I want it to be and hear the voice of the father that says, I need to go pray for that person. And here's what I need to pray because the Holy spirit is saying that is their breakthrough. And so as I developed that gift in ministry, then it overlapped into what we're doing here. And I was able, and thankfully, you know, I have a partner, I have Elisa who wants that same thing. And then we have our family support to walk that way. And so we're able to say, okay, let's, here's, you know, writing a business plan is one thing, but writing it with God is a whole different level. Yeah. Because he owns this. This is his business. Yeah. I feel like I can definitely like attest to that when a couple months ago we met for the first time so that I could walk like that, you know, like getting heaven's opinion and everything I've done in my business. I think I said that in the first episode is like everything that I've done came from a very like spirit forward place. But then we met and heaven just revealed like not even like a revelation. It just revealed who I was supposed to be for my clients. And I just literally could not stop crying. Like I don't even, I haven't even like rewatched it because I'm probably like just screaming into the microphone crying because it was just like, it was so cool. Like nothing. It just, you don't, you can't even describe like the experience of being able to be in partnership with heaven for your business. And like it just, yeah, there's really, there's no words to describe kind of what that feels like. No, no, it's, it's, you know, we've done so many businesses, so many things were right. So many things were wrong. And I, in this one, I'm like, I am not willing to risk that anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to do it right. You know, I want to be obedient. I want to be in that place where, you know, the father says, shut that door. I'm, there's no foot in that door. But if you don't cultivate that stuff in your life to really be able to um, like let your soul rest and give Mm -hmm. up its fight because that soul carries all your emotions and all your feelings and your mind and will and all that. And 
and your spirit is what's connected to the father so greatly and and so if we're always living out of our emotions i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing mm-hmm. because all i've seen a lot of failure in our business i've seen like a lot of success but i've seen a lot of turmoil you know and even in ministry then if i would have if i would have stayed there in that thing you know and all that mess you know, and not clarity, then I wouldn't get to do what I get to do. And Jesus says, you know, he will give the desires of our heart. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. So I believe that for everybody. I believe that for my children. I believe that for my grandchildren. And I believe for your spouses, but I believe it for other people that he will truly make a way to give the desires because he put that in you. He put that in you. I think the title of this podcast should be uh, when he closes the door, he opens another one or uh, not our will be done, but his will be done. (laughs) Yeah. Or get, get your foot out of the door. Don't become a, no, I think it should be, don't become a door stopper. (laughs) Yeah, true. That's good. Because you know, when, when that door, when you put a store stopper indoors, like sometimes they're really difficult. Like I think doing all that janitorial stuff, I think doors was my most frustrating thing. Get the vacuum through them or putting a stopper in and it not, you know, a stopper sometimes will be like slowly let that turn. You're yeah. like, oh, and then you can't shut the door. Yeah. So <laughs> that's so true. So true. It'll be like the title in brackets, I guess, or the description. Yeah. Of the, uh, podcast. <laughs> Don't get your foot out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I asked you when we were on our phone call earlier to ask Heaven if they had anything for this episode. So did you ask and do, does Heaven have anything for us today? Well, I just think, um, I just think as we like this felt very easy. And so, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm, I think my, my biggest thing that is always on my heart that, that heaven's always speaking to me and Holy spirit is, is encouraging people to, it doesn't matter how old you are. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm 58. And so I've been living this dream for like 53, 54. So I hit my fifties and all that I thought would be my ultimate where I, I thought I would be in life. I wasn't, but I got to continue. Like there is something for all of us to do. It doesn't matter how old you are. There is a plan. And I keep referring to our scrolls or our destiny, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. There is things that have been written down for us for for the kingdom of heaven. You know, and so I think that if if you are listening and you're at an age, maybe your kids have just starting to leave home or maybe you need to get a job and you've been a mom, but you need to get a job or, and you're like, well, what would I even do? Like, what is even my desire that there are things in there and start writing them down, Mm -hmm. you know, start writing, start writing those desires down and let God make something beautiful out of the things that are in your heart that you love to do. Nothing. Uh, Who would have ever thought I would be, you know, a professional, I never, well, I get in trouble when I don't call myself a chef, but I always think a chef was somebody who went to um, have education, but I feel like I get education from the Holy Spirit. He teaches mm-hmm. me. Um, and so, you know, write it down and, and live out your dreams, 
live out your dreams. Don't don't let anything stop you from doing what you are called to do. Nothing, mm-hmm. you know, but be obedient. Yeah, so take your foot out of that door and let that door shut and let another one open. And there may be a few along the way, but be willing to let them go and mourn those closed doors because we all have to mourn them. You can't leave them. You can't leave them buried because if you just bury them, then they will reoccur some way and they won't be pretty. But mourn them, have that season, let it shut, and let another one open. And God will fulfill those things in your life that need to be as women, whatever stage of life you're on. Even if you're raising young kids, even if you're waiting to have a child, you know, um, you have children, they're going to school, then they graduate, like there's all sorts of times of mourning and allow yourself to mourn them, but pick yourself up. Mm-hmm. Don't stay there. Don't stay in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, let the sun rise around you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, thanks for being my first guest. <laughs> Thanks for asking me. I'm like, I didn't even do my hair. And I was like, I thought this was going to be just us talking, but it's so, so much more natural looking at you and wherever you put this on, however. But anyways, thank you so much. I'm very honored. And I, I do have to say when I listen to your intro, I mean, every time I listen to your intro, I just like it, it brings, you know, um, tears to my eyes and just you're so gifted in putting things like this together and then I listened to your podcast your first one and I was just like go girl go like so good I'm so proud of you um you're doing an amazing job follow that follow that heart and follow what you know Holy Spirit speaking to you and just just do it like um yeah so you're doing an amazing job and thank you for asking me yeah this Happy is really back. fun I will well, we have a lot to unpack I guess you said well are you gonna have me back <laughs> multiple times so yeah we'll definitely have to do kind of a continuation of this episode or kind of go into yeah. you know maybe break it down like, a little bit more yeah or what you feel like God is really calling you to to share because I know you got a lot to share so yeah <laughs> as you get, as you get <laughs> Well, thank you very much for coming on. That was super fun. And yeah. there was no one better to pick to come on first. So oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Well, bless you, Natalia. Bless your business. Bless this podcast. Yeah. We ask that the favor of the Lord and that all the, the places it needs to go, the places it needs to go, the seed. So this is a seed. So um, we just ask and we just declare that the seed be planted will, will go on fertile ground. And it will be planted in the hearts of people that need to hear this one today and many more to come. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're looking to find out more, I'm on Instagram and YouTube at Womb of Eden. Interested in doula support? Head to my website to learn more about my heart for my business and my work as a doula. If you love this episode, then please share it with a friend and leave a review. It would mean the world to me. See you next week.